Good morning. We welcome you to uh, come in, have a seat if you haven't found one yet. Join us in singing Create in Me a Clean Heart. You can see we're all smiling because we have a new percussionist. So thanks, Asher. Uh, we invite you to join us in a responsive reading this morning and to make that our prayer. You can follow along in the bold print. God, we have come here together to draw, to draw near to you in community and in expectation to, to draw, draw near, near to you. you. To be at one with you in your presence is our greatest gift. To sit at your feet, absorbed in your love, is our greatest gift. You have made yourself available to us. We draw near to you. You have opened the heavens to us. We draw near. You have given us the keys to the kingdom. We draw near. You have shown us the path of peace. We draw near. You have brought us into your family. We draw near. Let every corner of our hearts be open to you. Let every hidden attitude be open to you. Let every life story be open to you. Let every unseen ending be open to you. The best life we can imagine 
is lived close to you. To be wholly present to you is our desire. We draw near to you. Amen. Amen. Adrian has picked a new song for us this week, and we just invite you to to listen, um, join along as you catch on, um, or just sit back and, and enjoy. Bye. 
we invite you to stand with us as we sing the last song, Good, Good Father. for your singing. You can be seated. As the worship team goes down, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Acts 10. I'll be reading from the New International Readers Version. So we'll be reading from Acts 10, 1 to 8, and then we'll carry on from 17 to 23. A man named Cornelius lived in Caesarea, 
He was a Roman commander in the Italian regiment. Cornelius and all his family were faithful and they worshiped God. He gave freely to people who were in need. He prayed to God regularly. One day about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. He saw clearly an angel of God. The angel came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius was afraid. He stared at the angel. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to poor people are like an offering to God, and so he has remembered you. Now send men to Joppa. Have them bring back a man named Simeon. He is also called Peter. He is staying with another, Simon, a man who works with leather. His house is by the sea. The angel who spoke to him left. Then Cornelius called two of his servants. He also called a godly soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened, and then he sent them to Joppa. Carrying on to verse 17. Peter was wondering what the vision meant, and at that very moment, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. They stopped at the gate, and they called out, and they asked if Simon Peter was standing there, staying there. Peter was still thinking about the vision. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Simon, he said, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Don't let anything from to keep you from going with them. I have sent them. Peter went down and spoke to the men. I'm the one you're looking for, he said. Where have you, why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the Roman commander. He is a good man who worships God. All the Jewish people respect him. A holy angel has told him to invite you to his house. Then Cornelius can hear what you have to say. And then Peter invited the man into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter went with the three men. Some of the believers from Joppa. I ran out of space. You'll have to fill it in. <laughs> we'll wait on you, Tyson, to finish that. Uh, the word of the Lord. Uh, July 7th at 7.30 p.m. Make sure to put that on your calendars. It is going to be a bridal shower for Ariana here at the church. Uh, that is July 7th, 7.30 p.m. And is there any more announcements? All right. Then let's look at the items that we have for prayer. Teachers and students, that is front and center. Uh, this is the last week of school, I believe. Graduation is on Tuesday. Uh, the exams at this point, I think actually we're all done this last year. Sorry, last year, last week. That means that there's marking, that means that there are report cards. We need to pray for our teachers as well as our students. Uh, beyond that, I don't know if you guys have gone for a drive, but it seems that we here in McGregor are now living in a seaside town, so that's nice. So we want to pray for anyone that has been affected by the flooding. Uh, as well as this week coming up, it looks like there might be at least two days where there is rain, so we want to pray that that is kept to a minimum, as well as the floodwaters dissipate uh, and no more damage is done. And also for Valley View and Circle Square, they are looking for volunteers still, and so we want to definitely keep them in our prayers. And so, with all of those things said, let's go now into a time of prayer. Our dear God, we come before you this morning, first off, thanking you for Father's Day. Lord, we thank you first that you are our great father, that you show us what fathers can be, that you show us 
what we can be. God, we pray that we take that model to heart. We pray that we embody that as we deal with our own children as well as the children that are around us, as well as the people that are around us. God, you are the model that we want to base ourselves on. And so, Lord, we pray that we look to you. And we also want to thank you for our own fathers as well. We want to thank you for the things that they have taught us. We want to thank you for the messages that we have learned from them. God, we pray that we embody those and then pass them on ourselves. And at the same time, Lord, we recognize that not everybody has that relationship with their father where they can take these things. Or there might be other reasons why now is a difficult time. Infertility comes to mind. And so, God, for these people that today is a hard day, we want to pray for them. We want to pray that you will comfort them. We want to pray that you will be with them today. And God, we also look to our town today. This past week has been a monumental one, and in all the worst ways. God, we pray that this water absorbs into the ground and evaporates into the air, and that it doesn't do any more damage than it has already. Lord, we also want to pray for all of the people that it has damaged their homes, quite severely in some cases. Lord, we pray that everything will be put into place so that all of the fixes can be done without too much hardship. And God, we pray that whoever those people are, we rally around them and give them the strength that they need. And Lord, we want to pray for our farmers as well. For many, this is a year that the crops couldn't go in. And for many, this is also a year where the crops that went in will be destroyed. And so, Lord, we pray for them. We pray that you will be their strength. We pray that all of the things with insurance get figured out. All the things with finances get figured out. And Lord, most of all, we, we pray that they know that they are forefront in our minds and that we see them and we care for them, as do you. And Lord, also looking to town, we want to pray in this last week of school for our teachers, for the admin staff, for the students as they head into the summer now. God, we pray that those last few things that need to be done, if there's exams that still need to be written, that they are written well. If there are report cards that need to be graded, that that will take no time at all. And all of the many things that have to happen before we go into the summer months and all of the mindset that goes with that, that that will also happen quickly and that we have a good thing to look forward to ahead. And for the Indian staff that are now going into the summer, that this means that the work actually ramps up. God, we pray for them too. Lord, we pray that as they go into this busy time, that you will be their strength and that they will find that this is a good summer. And Lord, in the same vein, praying for our town, we also see that there is storms coming up ahead and we also see that there is the fair next weekend. And so, Lord, we want to pray that the storms miss us. Lord, we want to pray that the fair keeps on. Lord, we want to pray that that is a wonderful time where there is no missteps one way or the other. A wonderful time where we can come together as a town and remember that we do love our neighbors here in McGregor. 
that we pray. Lord, all of these things we put before you today. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we have a wonderful guest speaker with us this morning. Uh, I am not going to say too much about him because he told me he was going to introduce himself, but no, I am excited to hear Tyson Murray speak. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you, worship team, for, for leading us in worship uh, this morning. Uh, I love that picture that that one song painted and just uh, a mighty storm stirring up inside us. And storms are something that we are very, very familiar with this, uh, this spring. Um, and just that picture of like just God just stirring that inside of us is such a very powerful picture. Um, and so... I don't know, I just think that'd be an awesome prayer for this morning, is that if God just began to stir in us some of those big, mighty storms that, that we've seen this year, um, or just everything is just moving and just can't help but be affected by, by that storm. So that's my prayer for, for you guys this morning. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for inviting me back, uh, as I'm sure many of you guys have heard or connecting dots right now. Um, I am the new guy at YFC McGregor, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to be joining my hometown at YFC in McGregor, uh, and just kind of want to give you guys a, a quick little intro into to who I am and uh, what McGregor YFC will look like for me before I jump into uh, what uh, I'm going to share about this morning. So first off, uh, this is my wife, Kenzie. Uh, we've been married now for just about five years, uh, and we're expecting our first child at the end of September. Um, so that's lots, lots of exciting uh, and change for us coming in a few months, so we're excited about that. Um, some of my hobbies uh, are anything outdoors for me. Uh, it's hunting, fishing, quadding, hunting, hiking, hunting, camping. Um, I'm also a big sports guy. Uh, I play whatever I can, uh, and, and that's just... Yeah, that, so that's just played a huge part in my ministry in Portage uh, so far, which I'll kind of get into a, in, a, in a little bit. But uh, I've had the privilege of serving at YFC Portage for the last seven years. Uh, I started in 2014, pretty much right after I graduated, and I love it there. Uh, I love the community, I love the work, and most of all, I love the kids. Uh, I've, had, I've made many friends, and I've been impacted and challenged in so many different ways there. Uh, there are some awesome kids in that town, and I got the privilege to hear their stories. Uh, and it was such a blessing. My role in Portage has changed a fair bit uh, over the years. A big part of that um, has been, a big part of my ministry has been in the schools. Uh, and so I've been involved in four different schools over the years, three different elementary schools, and one high school. Uh, and this has just been such an awesome mission field. Uh, just being able to support the teachers um, um, in, in whatever way. Uh, they need. Uh, lately, that looks like taking kids out for a quick 15-minute walk to around the school to, to cool down, uh, to kind of talk through some things that they're, they're working through. Um, other ways, it's, it's helping the, the students with their work uh, or sitting with them on the principal's bench uh, talking about whatever got them there in the first place. Um, yeah, I just, I love being a part of the schools uh, there and just being able to serve. Um, other, other programs, um, that I've been a part of uh, are North End Bible studies to supper clubs to fishing and campouts to basketball and floor hockey drop-ins. And it's just been really cool to be able to, to um, use some of my hobbies 
uh, to, to serve the Lord. And so, <clears throat> but my biggest passion uh, and the reason why I do all this, uh, and, and that is to share the love of Christ with them. And that is what I love to do. And these are always the highlights of my week is, is when I get to, to do that. Um, whether that be through our weekly God Talks that uh, I get to do at all my programs. Um, these, 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 this, is what I, what, this is really what I love to do, getting to share what God has done for me uh, and in me. Uh, and just helping young people develop a passion for Jesus is, is, just, gets me, just gets me really fired up. And so if I have to play two hours of basketball to do that, then I guess so be it. Um, which is always why one of my other favorite parts of the, my, my week is just being able to, to do one-on-ones with youth. Um, but yeah, apart from this, my role has shifted a little bit to more of uh, some more leadership roles. Uh, a big part of my summer has been overseeing our summer programs and our staff there. Uh, as summer is the busiest time for Portage, uh, we run lots of day camps, uh, beach days, campouts, canoe trips, uh, and so much more. So. Uh, that's been a little snapshot of, of Portage. Um, and so, McGregor. Uh, my wife and I felt called to move back here about two years ago, not knowing that God would call us uh, or begin, start, begin the call back to uh, McGregor or to McGregor YFC about a year and a half later. Um, and so this began a long process of prayers and discerning what God has in store for my ministry. Because McGregor has always had a special place in my heart, and so... Uh, I, as I, um, I moved away uh, a couple of years ago, shortly after high school, uh, but McGregor has always felt like home for me. So I'm super excited to, to be back here and just be able to, to serve alongside you guys in, in my home community. Because, uh, yeah, McGregor has always had a special place in my heart. So uh, that leads us to here. Uh, so my first few steps at McGregor YFC is to get in touch with the community to serve where I can and speak at and get in touch with the church and our community and to see and to learn uh, some of the community needs. Uh, I want to get to know the kids, get connected with the schools, and serve wherever I can. Uh, where that leads, I am not 100% sure right now, uh, whether that's running similar programs to what I did in Portage um, or not. Um, it is all... God's timing, and I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in that. So I don't have many answers of what that looks like right now, um, but I have many hopes and dreams of what that could look like, um, but it's all God's timing. So uh, I do plan on working um, in Portage part-time till the end of September, and, uh, or to the end of the summer, and starting full-time in September uh, here in McGregor. Um, but doing about 1.5 days in McGregor and about three and a half in Portage throughout the summer as a way to kind of wrap up my ministry there and kind of say some goodbyes, which I, mean, which I imagine will be a sad day, but also as a way to transition and get excited and to, to ramp up my ministry for the fall. Um, yeah, so I'll be starting full-time in September and plan on jumping into schools, maybe some coaching, and just wherever I can find ways to serve. Um, and I'm just, yeah, super excited to what God is going to be doing uh, in, uh, in McGregor. So yeah, that's kind of just a quick little snapshot um, of the last seven years of my life. Uh, feel free to track me down if you guys have any questions, if you guys ever want to chat, uh, go for coffee or anything like that. So just, yeah, I just wanted to give you a quick update of kind of who I was and 
kind of some of the changes and uh, what's coming uh, my way and and uh, yeah so uh, with that we'll kind of transition into kind of what I was uh, hoping to share with you guys this morning and so I just wanted to say yeah just again thank you to, to Russell and the worship team for for leading us in worship so far it's been really good to to worship alongside you guys uh, this morning um, yeah and the thing that I want to talk about this morning I think really ties into well what my vision for McGregor and McGregor YFC is um, and just challenge you guys as well uh, as, I, as I talk about it to, uh, and myself, as, as what does it look like to live as Christ in McGregor and Austin? What does it look like to walk like Jesus did? So I want to leave you guys with this challenge to think on and encourage you guys is to let your light shine for Christ. My heart has grown so much for McGregor, and my prayer is that it becomes a place that is shining bright for the kingdom. <clears throat> But often, I need to be reminded to let that light shine because that does not come naturally for me. So often, my flesh creeps in and begins to take over. So my prayer for this sermon is that you guys look at <clears throat> my prayer for this sermon is that you guys look at and evaluate your walk and how to and, and evaluate how to move forward in your faith because it looks different for each one of us. Whether we've been saved for fifty years or you don't even have a relationship with Christ and you're just here because some friend dragged you here. As well as how can we support others in this journey and as we navigate the ups and the downs towards Christ. So I've titled this sermon, Christianity in the Wild. And I'm gonna talk about what real, true Christianity looks like and what it looks like in our culture today. And challenge yourself, and, and I ask you guys to challenge yourself as we look at how to move forward and support and encourage each other as well as we, as we go through this journey. And in a moment, I'm gonna get Gordon Henry to, to pull up a video that I think perfectly illustrates what I'm trying to say. I think it can sum up the struggle that is sweeping across the Canadian church. If you're looking for a movie that sums up what the Christian journey looks like, I would recommend watching this one. As I think it does a great job of telling a story of breaking free from the religious ruts that we can so easily be, have fallen into and the journey of discipleship. I'm sure many of you guys have seen this movie or many of you guys may think I'm crazy, but just bear with me for a second. I won't play the whole movie, uh, just a small clip. Um, but I don't, think there's, I don't know if there's a better movie that uh, outlines how, what discipleship is uh, than this one. And I don't know if there's a better movie that captures the ups and the downs of Christianity. And so I'll just ask the guys to, to quickly pull up the short clip from this movie and I'll jump back. This is the life. That's my spot. Oh, I'm in heaven. tell you that. Come on, tell. No siree, I'm telling you. It's bad luck. You want some bad luck? I'll blab it out. But if you want to be safe, oh, for I'll crying keep out my loud, mouth Marty, shut. Would you just tell us? I mean, really, what could happen? Okay. I wish I could go to the wild. <laughs> 
the wild whoa! I told you it was bad luck. The wild? Are you nuts? That is the worst idea I've ever heard. It's unsanitary. The penguins are going, so why can't I? The penguins are psychotic. Come on. Just imagine going back to nature. Back to your roofs, clean air, wide open spaces. What? Uh, so just out of curiosity, who here has seen that movie before? <clears throat> All right, awesome. Um, yeah, to fill in everyone who is lost, um, basically this movie, Madagascar, is about a group of animals who spend their whole lives living in the New York Zoo. Their life is fairly routine and normal. Well, at least to them, it seems normal. A better way to, to depict it is their life was comfortable. And all that was soon about to change when one of their friends, the zebra, whose name is Marty, heard about this crazy idea from a bunch of penguins that he could go back to the wild, to the, the place of true freedom, to his roots, to where he belongs. All day, he would gaze across at this mural from his pen, and he would stare at a bunch of penguins running in a big open plain. And so this began in him, this curiosity to discover this so-called wild. <clears throat> but as, as you can see in the video, it was not taken well by his friends, the lion, the giraffe, and the hippo. What are you talking about, the wild? I sit in my cage all day, and they bring steak to me. It doesn't get any better than that, one of his friends thought. <clears throat> but as the, as the movie goes on, this curiosity inside of Marty continue, continues to grow to the point where he realizes that he has to go out and find this so-called wild. And when his friends find out that Marty broke out of the zoo, his friends go and try to save him. And as you can imagine, a lion wandering around the streets of New York City does not go over well. And they get caught and sent to Madagascar wilderness. And so two things happen here. When, when, they, when they get shipped out and they get dropped off at the, the beach of the Madagascar wilderness, there are two things. There's two groups. See, when they first got shipped out, uh, the others were scared. They wanted to go back to their comfort zone. They wanted to go back to where they had no worries, to where there was no risk. That group was so bound and determined to go back, they tried everything. They tried making SOS signs. They tried making statues. They were convinced that they were going to die in the wilderness. And it's humorous, as they run back and forth on the beach, on the edge of the forest, and they just grumbled and complained, which also kind of sounds like another group of people I read about once. And at this point, they even dug each other a grave as they waited to die. And meanwhile, on the other side of the, of the beach, Marty is having the time of his life as he's learning to grow amidst these new circumstances. And eventually, with a little bit of coaching, the others began to fall more and more in love with the wild too, the place of true freedom. Now, and this is not to bash zoos at all. That's not where I want to go with this sermon this morning. Um, because I think they're really fun. Uh, me and my wife went to the zoo last year, uh, and it was pretty cool just to walk around and see all the different animals that you never get to see and go and see them right up close. 
but it is nothing like the wild. I've been to some zoos that the animals look tired, slower, sadder. And again, this is not to bash zoos at all. Um, it's because that the animals are not meant to grow up in zoos. What do you think would happen if you release some of those buffalo in, in the Winnipeg Zoo out here in the middle of a field? Or some of those big monster bucks living in downtown Winnipeg and you release them out here? They wouldn't last long. <clears throat> they, they aren't made for that. They are made for so much more. And it is because zoos do not tell the whole story. Zoos are very interesting and all, and I love them, but they don't tell the whole truth about the animal. Those lions, they're fast and they're vicious. They're very dangerous. They don't just sit on their perch all day. Those bears, they do more than suntan outside the rocks by their swimming pool. That cute leopard that everyone wants to see when they go there is something you do not want to see when you're out on a hike in the wild. They don't tell the whole story of what the animal is truly capable of. And it's cool to see the animals, but it doesn't give an accurate representation of their true potential. Some of you guys might start seeing where I'm going with this, but Christianity is not meant to be like a zoo. And it breaks my heart when I hear of so many Christians that are living this zoo-like Christianity, a Christianity that is sheltered from risk, sheltered from worry, and the scariest of all is sheltered from faith. A Christianity that has nice four walls around it with everything we need. A Christianity that is extremely comfortable and operates inside our comfort zone. And just like the lion, the giraffe, and the hippo, they thought that that was normal. They thought that that was the life. They thought that how could it get any better than this? But they didn't know any better because how could they? And why would they ever want to part with the comfort of their own home? But as they found out that there is so much more to life in the wild. And so my first point is this, and it is that Christianity is meant for the wild. It is to live a life that Jesus taught and the life that he led. To live the, the life that Christ intended us to live. And I hope that if there's people here today that feel as though they are in a zoo where Christianity is just routine, just something you do, just a Sunday morning ritual. <clears throat> if you're asking yourself, there has to be more to this. If you find yourself like Marty and st stuck in a zoo, only staring at the life that you desire, let me tell you that there is more. And I hope that you take the the advice of an animated zebra and say to yourself, I don't belong in a zoo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Christianity was not meant for that. <clears throat> Christianity in a zoo is not an accurate representation of the real thing. There's so much more to faith than that. And I feel as though people are walking away from the faith because they don't get to experience the wild. And in the movie, Alex the Lion would every day go up to his platform in New York and, <clears throat> and roar, and the kids would roar back, and it's just this fun little thing they did. Um, but when he experienced the wild, when he embraced the wild, he let out this deep 
loud roar that silenced the entire jungle. There was this fire inside of him that wasn't there before, this strength that came from nowhere. And it is amazing the power that God can do through us, can, can use us when we step out in faith. And it has the power to silence the jungle. My prayer for the, for the church in McGregor is that God's power would roar through us and silence the jungle. Would silence the darkness in our schools, would silence the darkness in our workplaces, and silence the darkness in our homes. But so often we don't realize the true power that is accessible to us through Jesus Christ. Peter walked on water. Moses stood up to a pharaoh. The disciples spoke in tongues. Paul loved on a whole nation. A little boy's lunch fed thousands. The disciples loved their neighbor. And it is amazing what happens when we allow God to work in and through us. When we reach the end of our rope and the only person we can depend on is Jesus Christ. Another way I've heard it said many times is that you'll never, you'll never walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. God calls us to love our neighbors, to eat with sinners, to feed the hungry and clothe the needy, to show grace to our brothers and forgive our debtors, to fill your heart with compassion and live a life that points others to Christ, a life that resembles Jesus Christ. My prayer is that someday all of McGregor will get to experience that kind of relationship that Paul describes in Philippians 3, 5 to 11. And that's to live as Christ, to die as gain. I count all that I have accomplished in this life until this point worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it garbage so that I can gain Christ. I want to know him and experience his mighty power. I don't know about you guys, and I don't mean to say that I'm anywhere near this point. If anything, I'm on the beach of Madagascar, too scared to go into the jungle. But I know it can be scary, and I know it can be hard, and you will get scraped, and you will get bruised, but getting to experience the power and the love of Jesus Christ blows anything out of the water. I remember a while back, uh, I just gave a weekly God talk at my basketball drop-in. And now, these talks, uh, they're typically one of the highlights of my week, and I love them, and they're an amazing time. But anybody who works with teenagers knows that there's ups and there's downs. And this week was a down. The talk went nowhere. Guys were swearing, talking poorly about others and each other. And in the middle of all this, I'm giving it the talk of salvation. Chaos would be a good word to describe it. And so, anyways, 30 minutes later, I'm driving one of the guys home, and he asked me, he's like, hey, Tyson, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, sure, go for it. And he says, why do you do it? Why do you do these talks week after week? Why do you do these talks week after week? <clears throat> Sorry. When these guys never listen. 
And so I told him, it's simple. It's because Jesus is worth it. Oh, man, it gets me every time. Um, But Jesus is worth it. And I'm going to tell you each week, even if you laugh and mock, because Jesus is worth it. What he has done for me, in me, I have to. And I'll tell as many times as it takes, because Jesus is worth it. He is worth the bruises and the scrapes. He is worth it. And it is tough to find that in a zoo. So a question that I love asking my students and people I run into on the street is what comes to mind when you think of the name Jesus? And many of the answers that I get are heartbreaking. Answers from, he's not for me, to I don't care, to he's just a bunch of rules. And it breaks my heart when I hear of that, that is what people's experience of Jesus is. Jesus is far more than just rules. There's far more to faith than that. But often we get comfortable in our bubbles, sitting in a circle, waiting for the zookeeper to come and feed us. There's so much more to Christianity than that, than rules and having someone else feed us. That is such a tiresome life. To live a life in the wild where Christianity is first and our comfort is second. Christianity in the wild. And yes, the jungle is dangerous. Yes, school is dangerous. The workplace is dangerous. But sometimes that's where we're supposed to be. And I do just want to throw a disclaimer in here, though, that there is limits to this. And not to, be, not to be naive to the fact that we have strengths and we have weaknesses. And not just to throw ourselves into every single situation because Jesus said so or Tyson said so. Um, because each one of us, yeah, has strengths and weaknesses. And, and finding that balance can be hard. And it often takes a community. That said, sometimes God calls us out of our bubble. And that is scary. And so to wrap up, I briefly want to talk about what that looks like. And I hope you guys go home and look it over for yourselves. Because this looks very different for each one of us. Because we're all at different places. And so I want to talk about what that looks like. Because it's easy to say, yeah, like, I want more Jesus. Jesus is awesome and, and all that. But what does that practically look like is a much harder question. And so first off, I challenge you guys to ask yourselves, who are you in this story? There are three groups of people. One, maybe you're the lion. Maybe you're the friend who is stuck where you are. You don't know how to get ahead or you're scared to get ahead. And you just need a friend to drag you along. You have this amazing gift inside you when you allow God to work through you. This gift that has the power to silence the entire jungle but you're stuck within four walls. Maybe you're the zebra who wants to go deeper, who dreams of going deeper. Maybe you're the friend that doesn't know exactly where it leads, but drags his friends along as you try to navigate the journey to Christ. The journey of the ups and the downs, of the scrapes and bruises. Someone who knows they need to move, but doesn't know where to go. Or maybe you're the third party that I have yet to mention, and just as important. These are the monkeys and the lemurs. 
They are already there in the wild, and they help the group adjust to the wild. They're the ones that have found a place in the home, in home in the wild, the ones that help their friends along as they go deeper in their faith. And this is so important. Someone that sees the potential in them and calls it out to help them discover the power of the Holy Spirit and as <clears throat> the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them and encourage them to step out and take those steps and silence the darkness. Someone to lend a helping hand when they trip. Someone to help sharpen iron. People that are willing to walk alongside you as you navigate the ups and the downs. Because as I mentioned earlier, you can't just release domesticated animals into the wild. They need someone like the lemurs to walk beside them, to challenge them, to stretch them, to help them move it, move it. We are all at different places, and maybe some of us are a little bit of all three. And that is the beauty of Christianity. Someone, it's someone walking towards Jesus. And so how did that journey begin? And it began with us taking a step, began with us saying yes to Jesus. And as Marty found out, taking that step and maybe not knowing what is next, but knowing he has to take that step. And that is exactly what God is calling each of you guys to do today. I don't know where you're at in your journey, but every day God is calling me to take a step and say yes to him, whether I'm unsure I believe in him or whether I've been saved for 50 years. <clears throat> way, way back, I used to love running, believe it or not. And I used to run in these marathon relays. And in those events, I'd be running as hard as I can. And there was one thing that helped me get through the pain. And that was to know, to know the end goal, but focus on the next step. It's to know the end goal, but focus on the next step. God is not calling you to have everything figured out before you finish the race. He is simply calling you to have enough faith to take that next step. Let's take Acts 10, for instance. What must be going through Peter's mind? It says that he went without hesitation when Cornelius, the Roman governor, called him or summoned him. He went without hesitation, but I wonder what was going through his mind or going through his wife's mind as he got that message. So let's just take a step back here from the situation for a second. So Peter, a Jew, living under an oppressive Roman government that is trying to squash this new movement, a movement that Peter just so happens to be the head of, and an officer of said government sends three men to come and get you. Do you go? That is faith, not knowing what is around the corner, not knowing what will happen, goes against his comfort and takes what? A step. That is what God wants. When he says go, we go. When he says love, we love. When he says rebuke, we rebuke. When he says stay, we stay. So what to do if you guys have forgotten everything I've said up to this point? I want you guys to remember these last few points. Say yes to Jesus today on every step, whether you feel it or not, whether it's Sunday or Monday. 
Don't rely on the, zoo, on the zookeeper to feed you, although it definitely helps. As, as like Alex the lion, I'm not one to turn down steak, but one has to take their own steps to read the Bible, to pray, to seek out mentorship, to put in the effort and say, God, I don't know what comes next, but I want to know, and I will follow you there. And to take that next step, even if it is uncomfortable, to show love to your neighbor that is maybe hard to love, to help someone out that you've maybe helped a hundred times before, or maybe doesn't deserve your help, to offer forgiveness first, or maybe just simply smiling at someone having a rough day, but to be, be God's love to people. And to quote my pastor, to be the hands that God uses to show his love to McGregor. And finally, be that friend that supports and encourages others to take that next step into the wild. Whether it's, hey, I've, what have you been reading about lately? Or I saw you help your neighbor out the other day. I'm sure that must have meant a lot. Or I was really encouraged by what you shared today or however that may look. But to be that friend that is there for someone that is ready to take that next step out of the cage and into God and into who God has called them to be. Because that is scary. But it is a little less scary when there's a fellow Christian brother or sister that is willing to walk alongside you in that. My ministry would not be where it was today if there wasn't people in the organization that, is willing, that were there to push me onward out of my comfort zone and encouraging me through that because high schoolers can be scary. And so my prayer is that McGregor would be full of disciples that are so on fire for God that it would be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden and that it would silence the jungle, that our community would see how great is our God. Christianity was not meant for a cage. It is not meant for four walls. And so, look at your walk. Which one are you? One, two, or three? So I look forward to, to serving our community together uh, and alongside you guys uh, going forward and in the future uh, as we try to navigate the wilderness of McGregor and get to see how God does amazing work through you guys in our community. And I'm just super excited to what God is going to do. So I just want to challenge you guys with, as I close um, this morning, to live out the life that Jesus modeled, to live a life in the wild, and live a life that is on fire for Jesus, and take that next step. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, can Ethan and Derek come up, please? It's graduate time. <laughs> So we're totally going to put you on the spot and make you tell us what you're up to this summer and maybe in the fall. So these are the graduates from our church, and we're going to present them with a study Bible and just remind them that they have $200 worth of bursary money to be used towards um, their post-secondary education if they choose to do that in the future. So yes, I will let them take the floor because then they can tell you their plans all at once. This summer, I'm working for my dad, his V company, and then in the fall, I'm going to work for a refrigeration company in Winnipeg. Um, I'm also working for my dad this summer, and then I'm going to U of M. 
Awesome. Okay, so we would like to just pray for both of you as you go out into the big adult world. And um, thank you so much for the challenge, Tyson, that we have active roles to play in our discipleship. We're saved by grace. God has done all of that work for us. Um, but in order to grow, we do need to be an active participant in our own faith journey. So we pray that for both of you as you go into the world that you would be active disciples. And so the study Bibles will help with that, that you can do your own reading and um, dwelling on the word of God and um, learn a lot along the way. <laughs> All right, so we'll both pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for Ethan and Derek. Thank you for the journey that they've been on thus far. Thank you for all the hard work that they have been able to put into their high school careers. And we just pray that as they graduate this week that um, they would feel peace and hope as they look ahead to the future and that they would have anticipation instead of potential dread or fear about the next step and, and stage in their life. Um, we pray that your word would guide them, that they would be able to take their faith and, and make it their own as they step into adulthood, and that they would know they have the support of their families and this church, and that um, they will learn and change and grow so much, and that they're always welcome back, and um, that they would know that they have a home in you. And Lord, we thank you that uh, life is full of seasons and new experiences and surroundings. And we thank you that you are constant through all of that. And so we just pray for uh, Ethan and Derek as they go into a new season of life. I pray that they'll um, make the most of this opportunity to be in the wild, as Tyson put it, and um, to, yeah, really grow in you, to get away from the comforts they maybe have here at home, and to just really make a commitment to you for themselves. Um, I pray that there would be meaningful relationships, that new ones that are formed as they meet new people. Um, and I pray that they would um, find a way to become a part of your church wherever they are as well. And yeah, I pray that as they also are roommates together, they can get along most of the time. <laughs> We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause for graduating.
like to say thank you, Tyson, for sharing this wonderful and inspiring message. And also, congratulations to our grad. I'll talk to you in just a couple minutes. All right. For our benediction today, we turn to the book of Hebrews. I pray that the God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed an eternal covenant, may prepare you to do his will in every kind of good action affecting in us all whatever is acceptable to himself through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go now and serve our wonderful God. Let the Lord, oh my soul,